Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode two of uh, Berserker Medicine. We're your host, Kendall. Hey, guys. It's me, Fisa. Hope everyone's doing well today. And uh, we're going to go over the clinical rotations and the emergency, or, or excuse me, uh, end of rotation exams and then the pack rat on this episode. Uh, a quick con- congratulations are in order. Uh, Nafisa has found out today that she passed her pants. So if you're listening out there, you know, feel, feel uh, happy and uh, send your good vibes because Nafisa has uh, passed her pants. Yeah, guys, uh, I was pretty nervous to open up my email today, uh, but I did. And uh, I definitely ran around the house a little bit, did my own little dance. And, uh, you know, I did it. You guys all will get there and you guys will all do it too. So um, I'm stoked. So thank you for the, thank you, Kendall. You're welcome. It's definitely, uh, you worked worked your butt off for it. Definitely well earned. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, getting into the episode, um, clinical rotations that uh, we left the first episode, we kind of ended quickly on uh, at the end of the didactic year. So uh, now we're going to jump into clinical year. First thing, uh, when you kind of make that transition, as you do, uh, at least for our program uh, at Emory, was they did a PACRAD exam. And it's basically a preclinical test. And it was the PACRAD is a uh, stands for a physician assistant uh, clinical knowledge exam. And it's it's kind of geared towards, I mean, it's a national test and it's geared towards, uh, seeing how much, you know, and, and, uh, it's kind of leveled at if you score a certain amount on the pack rat, then that's what you would, or you would, it would correlate to how well you would do on the pants. Um, supposedly it's pretty accurate to me. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I didn't think it was necessarily a great test, but it is what it is. What do you think about the pack rat Nafisa? Um, you know, I actually really like that we did take that we took two pack rats, um, just kind of like hindsight with everything being done. I think it was kind of nice even to see. So we did ours before going into clinical year and then what, like one week before graduation. Yeah. So it was, it was really cool to see kind of how far you've grown just with more or less really the same vast amount of information. Um, and then uh, we were told or like I was told that, so like, uh, you know, whatever you got on your first pack rat, even if you see yourself, you know, increase a huge amount, the first year we took it was actually just based with uh, preclinical students. And then the second one, they rank your score amongst students who have like, actually finished clinical rotations. So in that sense, it was actually kind of nice to know where you sat amongst people who also like went through um, all of their clinical rotations. Um and I feel like, honestly, exams for me, like, are just such a blur as far as, you know, is it, is this one more close to pants? You know, what's closest to whatever. Um, but I did appreciate that, like, Packrat did have five answer choices and kind of was the best thing you can get in, like, that stimu- simulated environment, excuse me, of, like, 225 questions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely it's, it is what it is. Uh, I definitely know, like, the first time. Uh, before clinical year, I wasn't too excited about it. <laughs> and then I definitely wasn't excited about it like a week before graduation. I know why they mm-hmm. do it. I understand why they do it uh, as far as, you know, trying to correlate of how well the student's doing, uh, you know, prior to clinical year, they want to see 
how well your clinical knowledge base is. And then uh, after graduation, they, as a program, they want, they want all their students to pass the PANS. Um, you know, that's how they, one of the things that they keeps their accreditation and it makes them look good. Uh, so I understand why they do it. I just, it was just to me like an extra, you know, two and a half, three hours or whatever it was. That was just such a, such a pain. <laughs> yeah. I think I would like be totally more on board with it too. If there was just like more transparency, as far as like, you know, this score is going to correlate or has correlated in the past with passing pants where it's like, you end up just going down in like the Reddit trenches in order to get that information. And then you're kind of like, I don't know, is it factual? Is it not? If I got a 150 pack and am I going to pass pants? Like, so I think I would just like that information to just be more transparent because then I'm like, Hey, like this is kind of the NCCPA is saying, you know, if you're getting 140 or if you're getting 150, you're pretty on par to study for, to pass pants, you know? So I think that that'd be my one thing is I'm cool with it. Uh, and it's stressful, right? Like taking PACRAT as any exam is, but, um, I think if I just had that transparency from the two organizations, I'd be like, okay, cool. I like this. Yeah, I agree. Like to kind of piggyback off you, I'd agree if there was more transparency or, or, or just like an understanding of why you're taking it. Like, I know the first time I didn't, I I just figured it was to test your clinical knowledge. But then mm-hmm. when I, when uh, graduation came, uh, came around and uh, one of our classmates was like, oh no, they tested because they, you know, your, your score correlates with supposedly how well you do on the pans. Um, I would have appreciated that more because then I probably would have taken it more seriously. Like I did fine on the pack rap, but I definitely didn't take it seriously. Cause I was just like, why am I taking this again? And so to have that understanding of, of uh, you know, this is, correlation to how the pants will be and how you'll do on it, then I, I would have taken it more seriously. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think like, depending on where you're at, when you t- take pants or when you, excuse me, when, you t- when we took pack rat too, I think like, I mean, and everything kind of works out how it works out. So like that week was just, I think so also so stressful, like families coming into town and like no week's really ever going to be perfect, right. For like a clinical year student, but it was like trying to like coordinate with my family. And it's like, well, I'm going to go take this test. And then we had our graduation party. So it's like, there were just like a lot of little things that kind of drained me, I guess. But I, I do think that it was nice to, I don't really think I studied for the last pack rat. Um, Cause I kind of just wanted to get like a quote unquote baseline. Mm-hmm. But then that kind of goes back to like, well, that doesn't really tell Like, I, I still don't know, like, I know now, right? Like my baseline was obviously good enough with six plus weeks of hard work to pass pants, but like yeah. it would have been just, <laughs> exactly. It would have just been nice to like, I guess, have a better understanding of like, okay, this 150 does correlate. And just to have like the NCCPA be like, yeah, if you got a, you know, 160 or like the national averages are out there, right? I think it's like 160, but I don't know. I think that I kind of have grievances with that a little bit, but. Yeah, me too. Um, just quickly for like resources, uh, for the first pack rat, I didn't use any necessarily resources. I used obviously this, the didactic gear knowledge, uh, and what I used during didactic gear, which was for me, it was mm-hmm. exam master a little bit. And then Rosh, I used a lot of Rosh during didactic gear, uh, at the second pack rat or like before graduation. Um, I necessarily didn't really study at all. I just used, uh, Rosh like a week 
or not even a week, like a couple days prior and just did the Rosh's version of the pack wrap. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it just gives you an extra like 200 or 225 uh, questions to do, uh, Rosh questions. Um, and the more questions overall for all the tests uh, that are national, um, such as the pants, such as the pack rat, the EORs, the more questions you do, the better. That's the bottom line. But uh, so any any chance you can do uh, you, uh, Rosh, use Rosh. If you can use Exam Master, use Exam Master or uh, UWorld, use those. That's, those are the resources that I know a lot of us used. Did you, you did like that summative test, like that, it was like, was it like 30 bucks, 35 bucks or whatever from Rosh? Mm-hmm, I did, uh, yeah. 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 I remember doing that. And then it is kind of like when you're you're like, oh, I have pack rat coming up, but I just broke it up into like uh, one of our classmates was like, I was very like anti-questions. It just, I didn't think it was really like how I learned. So I, I struggled a lot with, I think it's probably why pants was like such a hard thing for me to tackle. It's because like everyone's like questions lead you to glory and questions always take me so long to get through. So uh, what I did was I got through that summative, but I just did like five, 10 questions a day and then broke that up until we were going to get closer to pack rat. And then by then I had finished all of them. So yeah. I just think my, like my lesson for pack rat was like taking it in like bite-sized pieces versus being like, I'm going to do this all in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your thoughts on like tutor versus test mode? This is like the biggest question I feel like uh, I always like to ask and I have an answer myself, but I'm curious for you. <laughs> I personally like a tutor. I usually never did the exam masters or Rosh or uh, UWorld outside of tutor, mainly just because I want that instant gratification of uh, whether I was right or wrong for one thing. But I also, if I got a, a question wrong, then I want to understand why right then, why I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That way that way I can learn from it. Um, I mean, that's my opinion. I, I like to kind of know and, and understand right then, not not later on. Yeah, no, I feel that. I think I, I was asking one of our professors and I was asking him and I was like, well, what about tutor versus test mode? And he's all, girl, it doesn't matter. He's thought, it's like asking, it's like telling me you want to go for a run, you know, either way, you got to like lace up your shoes and go. And I was like, all right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, I think I did learn, uh, and this is probably just because I'm coming off this, this high from pants, but I think uh, it was a lot different when I was taking pants. And then I was like, I was so used to like that instant gratification of like doing it in tutor mode. I, I did it quite a bit also in test mode too, but mostly in tutor mode, like, like you said, you know, you want to know if you got it right or wrong right then and there, mm-hmm. but uh, you're just like taking pants and then you're just like, Oh, was that right or wrong? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Always you know? doubting yourself. Like, Oh no, I got to go back now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to go back now. Like, no, it's not green or red. I guess I'll just keep going. <laughs> so I don't know. Just a random question I had, but yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a good question. Um, Let's see another uh, interesting. Well, I guess just out of the pack route. Once you're done with the pack route the first time, then uh, you know you have some time off, and then you start clinicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our program, we, I mean, for every program, uh, you have seven core rotations. Consists of emergency medicine, family medicine, internal medicine, uh, women's health or OB/GYN, um, pediatrics, uh, surgery, and psych. Those are like your seven core. And then depending on your program, uh, it depends on how, how many electives you'll have. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of say a little bit about our electives and stuff, but for the most part, the electives are kind of an episode in themselves. So we'll get into those later. But uh, for our program there, we had three 
electives. Originally there were four, but our whole clinical year got uh, turned upside down um, last second for us. But uh, we had three electives and one of those electives was split into two. Um, so three or two, four week electives, and then one that was split. So you had two weeks of something and then two weeks of another thing. Um, at the end of every core rotation, so basically you'll have seven uh, EORs, and which are end of rotation exams. Um, they're basically, I would say, comparable to the physician's uh, shelf exams because they have their own uh, style of core rotations that they have to do. Um, and then they have shelf exams as well, which are their end of rotation exams. The end of rotation exams, they are... I think 120 questions, I believe, is what they were. And mm -hmm. uh, they are crappy. <laughs> they are just, it's just a stressful deal that you have on the back of your mind. And uh, I definitely wasn't a fan of, fan of them. I understand, again, why they had to do it. I was not a fan of them because, to me, I'm there on the rotation to try to learn medicine and when you're there, but you have like in the back of your head of like, oh, I got to go home and study for this end of rotation exam. So I have these certain topics I have to study. Like that's not learning medicine. That's just trying to memorize a topic. So that way you can do well on the, on a, on exam. And yeah, like if that topic comes across your, as a patient, then yeah, you're going to learn more from that. But at the same time, like no patient comes in with uh, strictly congestive heart failure, like diastolic versus systolic, or no patient comes in with, uh, AFib only, like it's just a combination of things. So it's to me, learning medicine is, is way more than taking a test. And, and, uh, so I wasn't always on board with the EORs. Yeah. I think it took me like a hot second to, and by a hot second, I mean, pretty much up until my last EOR. Um, but guys, I'm not a good test taker. So that's just kind of, that's just going to be like <laughs> The, the constant theme but um EORs were like this like really just like stressful couple hours and then like the problem I feel like with and this is probably just reflection on like how could I have been a better student how could I have you know done x y and z to learn and grow more than you know I feel confident that I did but like so you take your test we took it on a Friday morning and then um, you start your next test, like, you know, um, or sorry, you start your next rotation Monday morning or Tuesday, yep. you know, depending on your schedule. But like, I think that I, and I say this now, cause it sounds like an easy thing to do, but like, you know, getting my score report Friday afternoon, I think in order to grow for the next rotation, I really should have been like taking that topic list of that, those missed questions mm -hmm. and then going over those. But really the only time you really go through them I feel like or at least I did was if it was like oh you know you low pass on something so I need you to go back and write about the topics you missed but I think that you know if your program does use the PAEA like EORs and stuff like that you know you'll get the score and like what does that score mean at the end of your clinical year like those scores really mean I feel like nothing unless you take that those topics and like even if you pick two topics, right. From each EOR, mm -hmm. like you're like, Oh, I missed, I don't know. Like you said, congestive heart failure, or I missed endocarditis. Well then like before your next rotation, even if you just pick two topics, like take those topics, learn from those two topics and move on. And then by the end of your seven tests, 
that should be 14 topics that you've like have constantly been improving on. Yeah. So I think that's like something I've thought about, like, you know, if I were to, what would I tell old me? And old me probably would be like, okay, I'm going to like enjoy my weekend. Um, <laughs> but like, that's just something I think I've thought about. No, that's a very good idea. I kind of wish I would have thought that way as well. I was very much, you know, after you're done with the ER and get your, your results back, you're just obviously happy. So you want to celebrate but that still leaves two days, at least for us anyway, because it was always on a Friday that you can do your own thing. And you're not going to be mm-hmm. studying. You don't have to be studying 24 seven. Like we said mm-hmm. in the first episode, like you have to have a quality of life. And so <clears throat> you don't always have to be partying. You don't always have to be studying, but that's a good, I- that was, that's a good idea. So I think people that are listening to this, like they can take that to heart that uh, maybe, maybe if you pass the EOR, but you still missed a certain topic, you can still go over those two topics. And then when you're next EOR, you can do the same thing. And like she said, you'll have, uh, 14 by the time you're done. That, that's yeah. very, very good. And it does help you in the long run because you'll know those topics in the, like the back of your hand. Yeah. And you're just taking like a small little chunk, right? Like, I think like when you look at everything and you're like, oh my God, ob like I've missed so many topics. So like, how am I going to like, you know, kind of surpass that and grow? I'm just so happy I passed, but it's like, well, no, if you just take like two of those topics or you, you know, you're coming off of, let's say, what did I do? I went from ob to like Gen Surge. So, I mean, realistically, take a topic that's going to help you for the next rotation, right? Like there's plenty of, I don't know, C-section, right? That's going to, I might pop up in Gen Surge or, and you can kind of like double dip with some of these topics and really make it work for you. So. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, kind of staying on topic for the EORs, the EORs themselves, uh, as we said, they're 120 questions. Um, and similar to the pants, they have a topic list, uh, that you can go off of. Uh, I used uh, smarty pants to kind of build off that list because smarty pants has that, those topics, um, and, uh, it has a good breakdown of them for the most part. Uh, to, to me, it was a great resource to have, uh, but that's what I use to, to study for the EORs. Taking the test though, as far as the EORs, there's always, and this is for every test, there's always going to be stupid questions. But to me, I think like the EORs and the pants for is, is as well, but like is guilty of this in the pack rat. But there are some dumb questions out there that you wonder what happened. Like this had to go through quality control. Like what makes them think that this was a good <laughs> question to ask? <laughs> so just be aware. Like, uh, so there's, I guess what we were always told was, yeah, it's 120 question test, a hundred of those are for sure you're scored on these questions. 20 of them are, uh, uh, like burn questions or some are like experimental questions. So if they, if they like them and people do well on them, then they'll include them in like the next year's EOR. If they, mm-hmm. if people are just not getting them for whatever reason, whether the syntax problem or just, you know, it, uh, wasn't a good question in general, then they, um, can, can burn those questions. They don't need them. Uh, I think sometimes you can probably pick those out because they have zero, (laughs) zero, uh, idea or zero, um, just seems like they're just like, you'll just like be taking it and then you'll just be like, for me, I I feel like, I mean, at least I hoped honestly, probably some of the ones I thought were off the wall were probably like totally fair game questions, but I feel like when you're taking it, I'd be like, God, that has to be experimental. Cause that just seems like so off the wall. 
Like, yeah. what are you like? Like, like this is so random right now. But then, like, you're like, oh, I gotta keep pushing, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> I think uh, one of my examples was like I was taking pediatrics, the pediatric EOR, and then so majority of those questions are going to be based around like kids aged from zero to eighteen usually. But I would have like questions like an old person, and I was like, this has to be an experimental question because an old person isn't pediatric. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That is true. I think too, like, I feel like at the end of the day, right. Like I'm guess I am grateful like that we had, we did have so much exposure to, um, I guess questions and like that format of like sitting at home and like taking the EOR. And then there are programs, right. That do their own end of rotation exams. So that kind of goes back to the first episode too, like this is something that, again, that I didn't know um, I should have asked about for, you know, the, the programs I was looking into, mm -hmm. but even asking, you know, like, hey, do you guys make your own end of rotation exams? Do you do the PAEA ones? Because it is kind of nice, I guess, at the end of the day to have something like completely more or less validated versus using like the minds in your faculty to like kind of trust that they're on par you can't compare that nationally so yeah. like I, I did appreciate that and then I guess too like um trying to make like the EORs work for me or like and every everybody does things a little differently but I think what really worked for like my gen surge rotation was what I did was I like my preceptor saw me like with like the topic list printed out and he's like what are you doing and I was like oh this is like the topic list for our test and he like took a look at that topic list and he goes, okay, like, cool. Like we're going to go through some of these. And so he was like, on Friday, you're going to teach us about, I don't know, like, uh, what's a good one that I think we talked about, like, um, diverticulitis. Yeah. Like diverticulitis or like, okay, cool. Like you just got to sew, um, and suture up that, like, you know, that appy. So the, so tomorrow you're going to teach us about, you know, um, the five W's or whatever, like when water wound. And I was like, yeah. okay, cool. Um, or like acid base is like a really big one on the surgery EOR. And mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. like just knowing what's on the topic list and then telling your preceptors, these are the things I also want to learn about because you're going to have, you know, this PGY five, this chief res, you know, like, uh, excuse me, chief resident, that's going to go into fellowship and he can probably tell you about all these things with his eyes closed. So mm -hmm. Well, that's basically what we did. And he like went through my topic list with me and we did case studies based off of either patients we saw and we just took a check mark and crossed stuff off. And that to this day was probably the best uh, score I got since we tend to care about our scores, but that was the best um, score I got on an EOR. And I think it was because of taking like patients that I saw, telling my preceptor what was on my topic list and asking him to go over specific things. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, that was super helpful. That's awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's unfortunately like just you're, you had a really great preceptor for that. Cause I'm like, my general surgery rotation was a hundred percent different, um, where yeah. it was on me to learn, uh, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. stuff. So and that goes with every rotation for those of you listening, like every rotation is going to be a hundred percent different. Um, like if you and a roommate or you and a friend are both in emergency medicine doing that rotation, your rotation experience is going to be completely different than that person's. 
And, uh, and that's just, you know, the name of the game, unfortunately, like I know my emergency medicine rotation was completely different than, uh, one of my good friends. I know that obviously my general surgery rotation was completely different than the feces. Um, so just understand that going into your rotations that it's, it's completely, it's going to be, it's, it's twofold thing. It's going to be completely different than anybody else's. So it's your own experience. And it's also going to be what you make of it. So mm-hmm. if you have, if you have horrible preceptors, which unfortunately there are those out there, um, I didn't have a good preceptor for a couple <clears throat> rotations, but again, like I didn't let that weigh me down. Like you just, you suck that portion up, but it's going to be on you to really make something of that rotation. So mm-hmm. whether you're teaching yourself a topic, um, whether you're going out there to see the patient, uh, that, you know, that the preceptors won't let you like you know, you're keeping it professional as you can, but you're, you, you have to make the best of it and really try to learn from it. Yeah. And I mean, like kind of piggybacking off that, like, I think surgery was like such a grind too, just to go back to that rotation. It was like, I was up at four. Um, I think that I was easily putting in like 12 hour days that probably capped me a little bit for uh, how much students are supposed to be doing, but I was enjoying, you know, I was enjoying it. I knew like I wasn't going to go into surgery, like right after school. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I probably can't get this time as a student back in this setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were days where I was like, <laughs> I'm going to do like five questions on Rosh and I'm going to bed. Like, so they were probably like, you know, out of a four week rotation, I don't know, maybe three days where I was like, I don't have the capacity to do, to do questions right now. So I'm going to soak up what I can soak up. So if that's like, you know, uh, doing the labs in the morning and trying to understand what we need to correct, like, cool, like that's still learning. And then I hope I can fill in the blanks with the ABGs that pop up or the, you know, hyponatremia questions that pop up like on the EOR. And I think I probably relied a lot on like the Roche 120 questions. So I would try to go through that at the beginning of the rotation mm-hmm. and then, you know, like the Thursday before the test, I would go through it again. So just reset it and go through it and kind of take uh, the EOR and say a little prayer that I didn't get a, <laughs> a remediation email. So <laughs> I did the, speaking of like the Rosh, uh, so Rosh is a great resource to have. Um, uh, I did the same thing. I, I did their like EOR exam at the beginning of the of the rotation. And then again, at uh, around like the last week and, uh, you know, would, would, would use that as a supplement. Um, I, I agree. I did the same thing. Yeah. And I mean, and then to be honest too, like, I feel like there are certain topics that I feel like, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the last one, but that I feel like I didn't honestly fully comprehend, which maybe says more about me. I don't know, but until it was like go time and I was studying for pants and then I was working with you guys to like kind of help get me ready. And then now I'm like, oh, I totally understand why this person with AFib is going to have, you know, why in the vignette that's a risk factor for like this, you know, chronic mesenteric ischemia. Mm-hmm. Didn't put it together during like clinical year. Had a patient in gen surge who like unfortunately passed, but she had like, we opened her up, she had all the clots. And like, I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy, but never put it together. Right. So you might get to like, you know, your, in a random rotation guys. And then you're like, Oh, like, this is why this makes sense. So just kind of like, again, kind of goes back to like, you're not going to get, you might not get everything on first pass, but just keep kind of like chugging and things will click. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. Uh, I know didn't gear. There was a lot of topics. I was, 
they were just so tedious to get through. Cause to me, again, I think that we really taught ourselves medicine during our didactic year, but, uh, uh, one of the worst didactic year modules that I think our class did on was like renal. And I, for one still liked renal just because I love the kidneys, but, uh, that stuff didn't start clicking for me until I really went into like internal medicine. And then I, one of my electives was uh, nephrology and mm-hmm. like, that's when like acid-based stuff really started clicking. That's when um, understanding of even like the like cardiology really started clicking when I was in nephrology because those two things, those two systems there, it's, it's either the heart's fault that the kidneys are failing or it's the kidneys, it's the kidneys fault that the heart's failing. <laughs> like they're so intertwined. It's, it's so funny, but, uh, and that stuff is so interesting to me, but like Nafisa said, like you might not understand a topic or even understand why you're learning that topic. But when you get into clinical year, you're going to probably be in a situation where understanding like the physiology of something is going to really help you. And then it's going to click and you're like, Oh, that's why I learned that. Exactly. Exactly. Or, and then you kind of like, just like create these little like memory anchors, which I think creating you know the memory anchors in the setting of being a student too is something that you really you won't get back you know like clinical years so like you can you can definitely like coast through some rotations that's that's without a doubt you know what I mean like um but well maybe you can I don't, some some rotations are some, sometimes you can sometimes you can't right but like you could, you could definitely try I guess at least but uh at the end of the day once you you know walk across the the stage and pick up your diploma you can't really really get those opportunities back so kind of like just take take advantage of them even when you know you're you're tired and it 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 does suck sometimes honestly so yeah yeah no it does like there's i know for me like my the worst rotation i was on honestly was probably psych and that was like the worst eor i scored on was was psych but okay psych was like a hard EOR though I don't know what I'm sorry. If, yeah. for me I was I, I, oh, that test, I was just like oh and I think it's because it's like it's not like a you know one of the other ones where it's like you're on a bunch of different topics I feel like yeah. for psych I was like oh, this is all just psych and I'm like okay is it I don't know antisocial, uh borderline you know cluster like it all blended together cluster A yeah, <laughs> yeah that one, I thought that one was hard but yeah yeah my my thing with psych was that um I don't like listening to people's problems. (laughs) And that was a lot of it. Like when you're, when we were interviewing the patients and seeing how they were that day, cause I I did inpatient psych. Mm -hmm. Uh, So every day you would see the same patients, which is fine. Um, But you would interview them, see how they're doing, you know, seeing how they're tolerating their medications that day, uh, seeing if there's any differences in how they're behaving. But a lot of it was like, you know, yeah, like these people have, legitimate, uh, personality disorders or, or, uh, OCD or, or something like they have something going on. And I, and I understand that or like major depression, but like me personally, I just don't have like the mental capacity to have somebody like lay all their problems on me. Yeah. (laughs) And then I, and then I'm also like, not the type of provider that's going to sit there while you cuss me out. And there's a few patients that are like, either they're schizophrenic or they're just antisocial and they just sit there and cuss you out and are borderline violent with you. And for me, like, I'm not one to just sit there to get cussed at. And so it's very, you have to be very patient with those individuals. Cause yeah, they need help and you're there to try to help them. But 
but to me, I, I'm also to the, the expression of like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. Like I'm a hundred percent always there to help somebody, but if they aren't willing mentally to accept what you're trying to do for them, you're not going to help them. And that's what I really believe in. And so some of these patients that are, uh, psychotically ill, unfortunately, like you can't help them because that's my personal belief. Anyway, you, you can't help them without unfortunately kind of like forcing them to do something that they don't want to do. Yeah. So and that, I think like, I think that, you know, that is kind of also something that you knew about yourself either going into school or that like you've developed too. Like, and so I think that just kind of, I think there's, um, I don't want to say no difference, but that's also kind of like saying like, you know, there are some people who maybe don't feel as comfortable working with like elderly patients or have harder conversations with like end of life. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean you're not, um, empathetic towards, oh, this person's, you know, dying. So, but, but you're not involved in this end of life conversation, you know, like, oops, how could you? Like, it's kind of like, well, no, like, I just know, like, maybe I'm not saying that's me personally, but like, I just know that about myself that I just am more removed from those type of conversations. Right. Like, and every provider I think is a little bit different. Um, I think psych was a little challenging too, at least for me, because, you know, you're, the site that was my last EOR uh, of clinical year, but I had three months of electives after that. So that was like the last um, EOR I took, but the psych interview is also kind of like so different yeah. that I was like, well, I, I understand how to like interview a patient to get information. And I think I'm an exceptionally like empathetic person. Um, and, you know, I can meet patients, honestly, I think where they are, if you're cussing me out, okay, cool, fine. I probably have met you on your worst day, or this is how you've gotten, this is how you learn to express yourself. Okay, whatever, like kind of, you know, shed that, shed that layer of skin. But I think psych was really challenging because you're having these conversations with people on, you know, their worst day as a student, you're asking them, Hey, can I sit in, uh, um, while my preceptor is doing is assessing you after you've been, you know, sexually assaulted. Um, yeah. Can I talk to you and interview about the suicide attempt that you just had? You know, like you just tried to hang yourself, but me as a student, like, um, I guess I should have said like trigger warning. So maybe we could put that, make sure we put that in here. But like um, me as a student, I'm like, well, I didn't want to botch that interview, you know? Right. Because I'm like, well, man, you like trusted me. And then what if I, lose all rapport so then when my preceptor comes in you know now you don't want to talk so I was think that's what I was really worried about in psych and I think I was fortunate where I had preceptors who kind of could gauge I guess the patients that maybe we all needed to go in together um or they would be like hey I want you to go lead this interview and they would sit back and if they kind of saw a lull or like saw the patient kind of like shift in their demeanor then they would kind of kick in um mm -hmm. but psych was hard for me for that reason because i was like i just i don't know you see people vulnerable all the time but like that was kind of like a different type of vulnerable that i think i've been exposed to so. yeah yeah i would say that psych was just difficult for me just for the listening aspect like <laughs> i'm all there for listening listening to a lot of things but i'm more used to like you said like i'm more used to like the internal medicine type stuff where they have congestive heart failure and you're just trying to gauge how bad their symptoms are and what you need to do for them there. 
psych is a whole different ball game as far as the interview goes it's a whole different ball game as far as the patient goes and and uh yeah you make very good points so thank you for clearing that up for me yeah (laughs) that's what i'm here for (laughs) um so some other things that kind of got it brought up to my attention as far as uh, clinical year, and this was from society and like the younger classmen or so like the classmen underneath us. And uh, a couple of them had asked me like what they need for clinical year and stuff because they were getting ready to go into it right before we graduated and we were at mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Um, so those of you that are listening for going into clinical year, really all you need is like pen and either a little notebook like a little journal type book or a pen and your stethoscope and then you get paper when you're there <laughs> you really don't need anything special going into clinical year uh just be in there ready to learn be in there with some thick skin because depending on what rotation you're on you might have a, a preceptor that's pretty harsh which is fine you know you just roll with the punches and and keep your head down and keep on a going but uh it's it's clinical year isn't something that like you need to stress about you're there to learn and you don't need any special deals uh really honestly you just need a pen and paper um i usually went into every rotation mainly i guess electives i guess i would usually go up to the my my fellow or whoever my preceptor was and i would say hey do you recommend a book or something like that. Mm. And then I would pick up mm-hmm. that book. So like when I was in nephrology, I picked up a, a type of kidney book. When I was in uh, rheumatology, I picked up a rheumatology book, like that stuff. Uh, there really isn't anything spectacular that you need for clinical rotation. Just be in there ready to learn. Kendall is like just very, uh, how do I word it? Uh, Kendall's pretty minimal. I'm still like super extra. So I thought I needed something <laughs> different for like every rotation. Like I think my entire Christmas list before rotations was like, mom, I need this like foldable uh, metal clipboard. I've already like measured like the size of my white coat pocket. It'll fold and it'll fit. And on- <laughs> like, 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 and like, I probably still have that clipboard like over here to the right of my desk. I think I stopped using it probably by the end of my, oof, probably like by the, my fourth rotation, honestly, because then like, you know, you start and I had like, uh, the history written out, like all the little questions to ask, like on my paper that I kept on my clipboard. Um, what else did I have? Um, always a pen, always more than one pen. Cause you'll have a preceptor who takes a pen or a patient. You let borrow a pen that you simply don't want back. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, uh, you can see. keep that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're good. Oh, you're sure. Yeah. 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 I got, I got a lot of pens. Um, uh, let's see what else was a big one. I did like my foldable clipboard, honestly, though, because like I could keep my labs and like my, um, oh, you know what I use for my gen surge rotation that like I only use for this rotation, but I felt like a complete badass was like my fanny pack. That was probably my favorite thing because I did a lot of wound care on this rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just go around the hospital, check up on our patients and like, you know, replace their um, bandages from like the night before or, you know, repack their stuff, take a photo, uh, upload it to, you know, their, their patient portal for my preceptor and then, um, do a lot of that stuff. And there was one day we were walking and then I had all this stuff in my pocket and I was walking with like, you know, like the, uh, the head of the <laughs> surgery department. Me this story. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, 
so embarrassing. I got the fanny pack literally guys after this day, I was walking with uh, the head of the gen surge, um, the surgery department, you know, the, my chief, my PGY five, the chief resident, uh, the intern and the, and the medical student. And like, we all had our white coats on. And I felt like somebody with all this, like Coban and all this stuff in my pocket and my white coat got caught on the door and it was literally like a cartoon like I was walking forward my white coat got caught like I flew backwards all my <laughs> stuff fell out and like it was so embarrassing and then like the, um. the the head of the surgery department just looks like shakes his head and like keeps walking and I was like uh okay <laughs> so I came back the next day with like a little olive green jan sport uh, fanny and then um I think Ruben had the rotation shortly thereafter me and he showed up with the fanny too. And I was, and so I think we started a little, little fanny club there, but, uh, it was pretty perfect, but yeah. So it was good. It was good overall, yeah. but I would agree. Depending on the rotation, whether you're in like trauma, like a trauma rotation or general surgery, a fanny pack would probably be good or something with a lot of pockets. Cause you're going to be changing a lot of bandages. Another thing, and this kind of depends on your program and like where you're sent for your rotations. But, uh, if there's not a lot of computer space, then you're going to need your laptop. So yeah, that's, that's another thing, that, that's another thing to bring. And that was always something too. Like I pretty much just like had this like kind of email drafted for each rotation that I would send probably you know at least a week before my next rotation, and uh, and that I'd usually put like you know looking forward to this rotation. Are there any books you recommend? And um, for Pete, he actually like emailed me back and said like yeah, make sure you have these chapters read before you show up day one. I was like okay, fine. Um, and emergency medicine was a good one too. Like uh bring scissors right because at least like at Grady like if, when you're in the trauma bay if you do nothing else just get in there and cut people gonna, get them get them naked <laughs> yeah get them naked you know and then start building up your confidence there so mm -hmm. um yeah that'd be a good one but but yeah um yeah we're about out of time for this episode uh so we'll do some closing thoughts and then like a sneak peek for the next episode so uh Closing thoughts for clinical rotation, Nafisa. Take it away if you have any. Ooh, closing thoughts. Um, hmm. I feel like this is a very, I feel like we're going to have to do like clinical rotations part two because I got, we got, there's so many things. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think my closing thoughts are just like, you know, what is it like instead of ABC, it's like ABL, you know, like always be learning, give yourself grace. Actually. Yeah. That's my biggest, that's my biggest uh, takeaway, right? Like you're not going to know everything you're going to get there. And then there's going to be a, maybe a med student with you who's going to know, or it feels like they know freaking 15,000 more things than you. And you're going to maybe go away that day and you're going to feel like complete trash. Cause you're like, wow, I, I know nothing. Or your preceptors hounding you about, uh, a topic and you're just like, I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to learn it. And then you have to just like, stop, give yourself grace. And remember that this is someone who's been training their entire lives for the most mm -hmm. part, their entire adult life, I should say. Right. Um, they've had, they've had a ton of students. They, they've seen what we tend to be weak at and they know exactly the questions to ask. They remember what they were asked as a student. Um, you know, they've seen, uh, I don't know, um, an appendectomy a thousand times. This is your first one. It's okay if you don't know, you know, or when you're getting a, a cholecystectomy, you know, the, what is it? The triangle of safety, you know, you're, it's okay if you don't know that right away, but Hey, go, go home, look it up. And then the next day, you know, come back and be like, okay, I, I know this. Um, and I guess, Oh, also my big takeaway too is 
a lot of times I feel like preceptors will be like, all right, well, look it up and then tell me about it tomorrow. And then they get so busy that, that they don't, um, they forget, remind <laughs> you to tell them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I used to love the days I could get away with that. Uh, but I think if I were to tell old me, but I always went home and I always looked, I always looked up those things. Right. And I think if you do, if you are in that situation, like, and you'll be in it throughout clinical year, I challenge you to like, just be like, Hey, so-and-so can I tell you about, uh, uh, you know, what I learned, um, what I went home and looked up and they'll be like, Oh yeah, actually. And I think those are like those little rich moments that you kind of pat yourself on the back and then, um, your preceptor sees that, you know, you're there to learn and grow too. So. Right. And that also helps, I would say with, uh, like if you're in general surgery, but you have zero interest in surgery, like more, you're like family medicine or internal medicine or something, you at least take that time to learn something with surgery and you show that to your preceptor, they're still going to appreciate you a whole lot more. They're actually going to say like, Oh, you're still here to learn. That's good. So they'll take that time to still teach you something versus like throw you by the wayside. And like my preceptor too was like, and I know I'm talking a lot about just my gen surge one, but he was always like, you work hard for us. We'll work hard for you. Like, so, you know, show up for us each morning, ready to work. Um, and if there's something I can get you in, you know, um, an ob surgery, you know, like, sure. Like, let me see if I can, let me see if I can go talk to my colleagues and get you in to see some cool stuff. You know, yeah. so I saw like, uh, a pericardial window in a gen surge rotation oh, with cool. a guy that had, yeah, it was so cool. And that, you know, like, and I was kind of like first assist more or less in that, that surgery, but like with someone who had brugadas, which I feel like you only read about. And mm-hmm. I don't think I ever would have seen that. And I mean, I haven't seen it ever since. So it's kind of like, you know, don't be afraid to let them know like, well, yeah, I don't love surgery, but I love learning. Yeah. Right. And so take, get all the wins that you can in a, clinical year. Cause once that time goes as a student, you don't get it back. I agree. All right. So, uh, sneak peek for next episode. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the pans cause we've both taken it and both officially have passed. Congratulations again. To <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, we're going to keep the pants as professional as possible, but talks about the positives and the negatives and what we kind of wish uh, we knew going into it, um, and how we feel like it is a, how we feel as, as a PA, how it's good for testing or bad at testing for certification. Um, but otherwise please, uh, reach out to us listeners, uh, at, uh, berserkermedicine at gmail.com for any questions, comments, or concerns. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Thank you guys. Have a good, great day. You know, uh, and keep your head up guys keep keep thriving and surviving that's right adaptable <laughs> yes flexible adaptable. and adaptable <laughs> flexible and adaptable always right. and doesn't like that saying but yet we we still live by it it's true <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody we'll talk at you later <laughs>